You've given us that river of life. Praise the Lord, church. Are you thankful for that river? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalmist talks about we can be like a tree that's planted by that river. In seasons just like we're in today. Even in the times of famine that we can still produce the fruit in its season. Because we don't walk by sight and we don't let the external things govern what flows from the inward. Because we have tasted, we have drinked, we, we, have, we have enough because out of this well, even in the desert places with joy, we can draw out of this well. <laughs> And find a help and an energy and a strength and an ability where you can't find any other place. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for truth this morning. God bless you. You may be seated. Going to let our classes go back. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, in the house to love and worship the Lord. Magnify His name. Uh, let's remember Sister Linda Whittington. She's really been had a battle with a knee. Then that got better. Now she's having trouble with her neck or shoulder. Pinched nerves. She's not real sure just yet. But anyway, she's really had some troubles uh, the last few weeks and uh, talked to her this morning even. And uh, so she just needs a touch, a real touch from the Lord. So if you don't mind, please remember her in your prayers uh, throughout this morning, this afternoon. And God would just reach down in such a special way and to minister to her and to others. Amen. Still, others need prayers, uh, the corona, different things that are affecting homes and lives and businesses our world itself uh, the trouble we're facing you know the different uh, man you just got all kind of things out there today that's talking about the times that we're going to face and the troubles you know we've been you know all of our capitals are being boarded up and different things are happening right down to uh, speculations of Russia and China being maneuvered and our navies being maneuvered and certain waters and just I mean it's just one thing after another how much of it's true how much of it's not how much people just whatever and uh, but you know what in the midst of all this we have the surety of the Lord we have the comfort of the Lord we have the protection of the Lord and and brother Ford done mention in this this the writings of Zechariah this whole 14 chapters and we know we can't cover all that by no means and but yet it falls at such a, a time, amen, a season, as, as you're going to look in this lesson. If you read your lesson, but then if you just read the, the chapters and the visions that was gave to him and to help the people. And that's what we need. We need a vision from the Lord. And we need, as we talked about Wednesday night, that revival, that revival. And, but you know what? The revival's got to start within us. It's got to start in our own personal walks, our own personal lives. And... And uh, that commitment that we make there, and it will spill over. It will show up. Things are done in secret. Amen for the Lord. And you go in that secret closet and you pull to the door and you give yourself into the Lord. It cannot, it will not be hidden. Man, the Lord will see to it. Amen. It'll just show up. That where our hope lies, where our comfort lives, where our strength comes from. And hey, don't get me wrong. I appreciate men. I appreciate people that comes up with ideas and means and ways and Helps us along with life, but nothing like the Word of God. Nothing but, you know, that's like coming to the house of God, encouraging one another, and uplifting one another. And man, what a day it is. We need to be encouraged and uplifted and assured that, you know what, everything's going to work out. The church is going up. He that endures unto the end. 
He that holds on, amen, that just won't grow weary in well-doing. In fact, you're going to notice that in one place of Zacharias, in one of the visions that he, he receives, amen, talks about that very thing. And we know we're warned in the scriptures about wearing out the saints of the Most High. And, you know, a lot of times we can relate that to the Israelites, and it really depends on where you feel you're going to wind up in the rapture. That's the reason most people uh, want to believe that, you know, uh, the, the pre-meal, you know, it's going up for all these heartaches and disappointments and troubles and uh, troubled times. But Daniel's troubles, amen, and Gentiles and as long as the Jerusalem and the city and under the Gentile uh, timing and things of that nature. Hey, there's going to be trouble. But you know what? There's going to be trouble anyway. Jesus warned us. We're going to be like sheaves among wolves. And, uh, but it's just escalating. And now it's becoming more real and, and much more so in, even in America I mentioned this here probably been a month or two ago, maybe longer. Uh, you and I as Americans, we have been very privileged of, of being born here and raised here and finding some protection by laws, protection by leaders, a man that, uh, uh, you know, that just wouldn't allow certain events and things to happen. But we're seeing those things being bridged. We're seeing those things being uh, coming apart at the seams. And uh, just how far is it going to escalate? How far is it going to go? Oh, well, the Lord knows. And we're going to see that in this lesson today. The Lord knows as he sends out the spirits, as he works all of it to bring about his purpose and his will. I won't never forget how a certain gentleman, not of this local assembly, but a certain gentleman of this community, when Corona first come out and was struggling with it and things of that nature. And boy, he was very adamant about that, that God wasn't in it and God wouldn't do this and God that. And, but he better read the scriptures again. Amen. God allowed it. I don't care what anybody says. God's a sovereign God. He just didn't catch him by the blind side. Uh, he knew. He knows. He knows what to allow. And now God's got a purpose in all of it, both good and evil, to bring about. And uh, we're going to notice some of that, even in this lesson here. Uh, some of the things that he raised up in individuals to be the chastening rod against Israel and, and Judah because of their disobedience. Stiff neck would not listen. And uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's a recycle. If you really watch it, it's all a recycle. And even out of the Old Testament to the New Testament, to you and I, they're born again as Gentiles. They've been brought in through Jesus Christ. My what? All the scriptures that dealt with this particular writer, amen, about the Messiah. And so, in, in the midst of all this, as we watch this lesson, it's well titled. It is well titled. Seeing beyond the presence. Can anybody see beyond today? You better. If you want to live, if you want to survive, you can't. You can't look at it as boy. It's a gloomy, doom. This thing's over. Attitude, not for the church. In fact, we're encouraged by the scriptures to do what. Most people, when they get down and out, depressed and things of that nature, what happens? Can't even hold their heads up. Sad countenance. When you get on a child, what does that child normally do? We call it what? Soul up. Well, <laughs> praise God. It's not a time for the church to. Ain't time for us to soul up now. It's not a time for us. To find a cave, take the man of God, Elijah. As powerful and mighty as the experience was just prior. 
But all of a sudden, he felt like he was what? By himself. You know, the enemy has really uh, accomplished that very well. Isolating. Trying his best to isolate. If you feel like you're by yourself and you're the only one that's treated this way or been done this way. Things of this nature. And, and what's, what happens with that is that the enemy's constantly trying to isolate you. Trying to pull you from the church or the group or the family or the business. You, just, you can just name it. I could just get you as loners and get you all by yourself. <laughs> they some, let me say this. They some senators right now in the White House feel pretty alone. <laughs> and they, some of the other senators are doing their best to drive them completely out. To isolate them and shove them. In fact, if they're not willing... To, well, watch this. They are asking them to resign. Hey, that's what the devil wants us to do. Why don't you just quit? It's not really worth it. Why do you keep going back there? And I'll tell you, folks, I didn't have none of this plan. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's how the enemy works. That's the, the scripture text is really on that, that area, on this, about the enemy, about Satan. Out of all the, I believe it was eight visions that he got all in one night. And the writer focuses on the third chapter, the lesson about the prophet and the man of God. And who's standing, well, watch this one. Who's standing to his right? Okay, let's go to scripture. Focus thought. God gives us visions of the future to what? To encourage us to be faithful in the present. God gives us visions of the future. How many of you believe the church is going to be raptured? How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? There's no doubt in your mind, heart, and spirit. Regardless of where the world is and everything that's going on right now. You believe the church is going to be there. You believe if you had an automobile accident or a heart attack or something right now in the next 30 minutes. And you're, you're left here and we had to bury you. But you believe you, that's not the end, right? You believe that as a comma, not as a period, right? My granddaughter, every time she wants to prove a point, she says, right. She wants me to agree with her. <laughs> right? <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just pins. <laughs> but in this case, right. And so sometimes, and watch this, the enemy wants us to get so focused just like he did the man of God. Elijah, you're all by yourself. <laughs> Nobody else wants to serve this Jehovah God. Nobody wants to live for him. They don't listen to your preaching. You just destroyed 450 amen of the false prophets. And you just watched the great miracle. And you just seen the reign of man, all this. But because of the letter of the spirit of a Jezebel. It says, hey, I'm going to get you. He goes running. Isolating himself. But you know what? And God could. God could move in the wind. He could have moved in the fire. He could have moved in the earthquake. And God sometimes does. But watch this. Some of the most trying and difficult and stormy times of our lives is when God comes to us 
with that still, small voice. And sometimes out of areas and times and ways that we just never would have dreamed. Because he's God. And God's just got way of doing things so that he'll get the glory. Because sometimes you and I both need, we need a God thing in our lives. It's got to be a God thing. Not a man. Not by, by chance. But we know that, hey, that was a God thing. Could it be that God's setting this thing up so we can have some God things? It's not, please understand what I'm fixing to say here in this balance of this. It's not a man thing or a production of man. It's a playing of lights and a playing of this. And, you know, the church has been accused of a lot of stuff. It really has. Preachers and churches and things and got ear phone things and all this. And, and you know what? We're probably guilty of it. I'm just in general, okay? I'm talking about religion. I'm talking about all of us. Put, put us all in the same bag, no matter what denomination whatever amen we've probably been guilty of that because things that you know weaved its way in and counterfeits and then you got pride and you got got all these different things you got earthen vessels uh, I've, I've taught this before you got to be careful with the anointing of god the anointing can get you in trouble as a man The anointing sometimes will make you look like you're a lot smarter than you really are. A lot more spiritual than you really are. But it's a God thing. And, and, and so that's even why you see some men that was mighty used of God at one time. But along the journey they begin. That's the mistake Saul made too. As long as he was felt and stayed hid among the stuff and things of that nature. In his first year, as he done pretty good. But whenever he began to disobey God and say, hey, I'm going to build my own military. And I'm going to start leaning on the arm of flesh. So here we are. We're in that balance. And, and so watch this. Regardless of where we're at today. Regardless of who's going to be president and all the other stuff that's going on. The church is going to be raptured. The church can have revival. That's not all. I believe you and I can have revival right in a desert place. Did he not say that you can draw out of this well in what, what place? Desert. Wilderness. Dried up. But there is a well that with joy we can draw from. There is a river. And so, as we watch this lesson here today. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge. You've got to walk by faith. You've got to walk in his ways. You've got to keep his commands, regardless of what people's ideas and opinions. And, and even how some may seemingly are being successful. <laughs> putting up a smoke screen. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible's right. I've got work here lately. I'm telling people, uh, hunting this week, I told somebody to mention about it. And I just told them, I said, hey, the Bible's right. Uh, he stopped talking about deer hunting, but in a minute... He asked me a question, what I thought about all this going on. So that led to this quick. And, uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> so watch him. We're going we're gonna to walk in my ways. If I will keep, that means to guard. 
my charge. Then thou shalt also judge my house and shalt also keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee. For they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. We know who we're talking about, don't we? Who he's prophesying about. Who's the branch? Jesus Christ. So you're watching uh, Zechariah here as he prophesies of things. Some actually, if you go into some of the scriptures, if you read your lesson, he talks about even a man. Uh, in fact, the, the part of it here, the culture part, talks about that Alexander the Great and prophesied about his coming. And if you read that, you'll read, you read where he talks about the high priest that comes out of the city, amen, and presents this and shows the, the Alexander the Great of this. Now, I guess it's just some history thing, but I don't know. Anyway, you go back and read it. He put it out there. But it stopped Alexander the Great from taking that city. When he showed him out of the scriptures what was prophesied about him hundreds of years prior to ever taking place. So what's this lesson about then? This lesson's about giving us vision from where we're at of what's going to happen how many of you believe the branch is king? How many of you believe the Messiah's come, in other words? And so, in their condition, put yourself in their condition now. Remember, hey, God, we had it last week, two chapters, elder prophet figures. He's up in his 70s. Now we got a younger prophet, a man that's going to go into greater details, I guess you say, and things of that nature, some 14 chapters, and, and he's going to prophesy about a lot, and, and a lot of it, if, if you and I don't remember, maybe it was, this was in the lesson or somewhere else, I may have read it. But, uh, but, but Zechariah is actually likened unto the second prophet. Even though it's just a, a minor, minor simply means just small chapters. Even though it's right next to Daniel as far as number of chapters. Amen. But, but Zechariah is, is the number two prophet about the Messiah. Most prophesied about Messiah. Isaiah is the only one that's above him. So he falls right in behind Isaiah in prophesying about the Messiah. And so what does that do for us? Because now we're way down the road from that. Hundreds of years down that. But you and I know in our spirit, even though we have not seen Jesus, we know that he comes. We believe that the Messiah has come. Why? Because we are part of his kingdom through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so that puts life in us. That puts hopes in us. That kept us in the time of, of, of dreary and, and, and darkness and uncertainty. Hallelujah. That there's some things that's certain. There's some things that's unmovable. There's some things that's unchangeable. And so we're established and grounded. That's the reason we become grounded and established on the, on the word of God. The instructions and the guidance of the word of God. Why? It's unshakable. It's it's unmovable. So we build our lives and our future and our eternity on what? The word of God. And because we've done that, regardless of things where everything else is being shaken, where everything else is being changed and things of this nature. Uh, watch this. That's really so important for the church to be founded and grounded upon the word of God. If it's not, any church is not not. Founded and grounded upon the word of God is going to change. It's not an if and and maybe about it. They're going to change. Because if they don't, truth is what brings what? Liberty, freedom. Truth is what prevails. Truth is what sustains us. Truth is what always brings us out through the other side. 
And so as we go through this journey and through operating and dealing with these spirits and, and Zechariah, we're going to talk about some of them. We're going to see where he talks about them as he likens them unto chariots and horses. And how God sends them to the north and the south and, and the operations of what they're setting out to do. That's, that's what this is all about. So now we're, we're again in probably one of the most important uh, uh, times of history of the Jewish believers uh, of this one God. As they, they, as they have come out of 70 years uh, of captivity. They're bringing back just a remnant. Now we're going to watch one of these visions. How do their call is being made for all of them to come. That call has not changed. That call is being still even produced today. Amen. To preach the gospel to the whole world. That's the reason we believe in mission work. That's the reason we believe in going places and doing things or sending of or help supporting others. Amen. To carry what? The gospel. Why? We believe the only thing that can save humanity is what? The gospel. Is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's our obligation, responsibility to take on this mission, which was the last mission, amen, given by Jesus Christ and to his disciples. Go teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen, which is what? Jesus Christ, amen. So, so here it all, it all works hand in hand. It's all working together. And so Zechariah here, their goal was what? To rebuild the temple. The temple that had laid somewhere now were about 20 years uh, dormant. Nobody had not done any more work on it. But if this is the same writer that's going to help us really understand how it's going to happen. How it's going to take place. And watch this. Hallelujah. So if I understand this right. Jerusalem wasn't probably any smarter than anybody else. He probably wasn't with greater courage and greater backbone. Because the writer makes it clear to him. It's not by power or might. Jerubal. But it's by my spirit. You know what makes a church awesome? It's the Holy Ghost. And the power and the measure of the Holy Ghost and the freedom that it has to operate. That hasn't changed. That's the reason you brought us on the back side of the... It wasn't because we became more educated, more smarter, and things of that nature. No, it's a favor of the anointing of the Holy Ghost that got us on the back side of the tracks. On the other side, it was God thing. It was a God thing. But if we're not careful, even as apostolics, we'll allow other things to integrate... And it works together. But you got to make sure they stay in the right balance. Because none of the others can become the God. Watch this. Some people has made holiness a God. Outward. And there are millions of miles away from God. Because holiness, they made God. Instead of loving the God of holiness, they fell in love with holiness. And they made holiness their whole spectrum. It's all they want to preach about. It's all they want to talk about. They can't help but when they come in the crowd, first thing they're going to do. They their eyes and checking everybody out. See what they got on, what they ain't got on. And the Holy Ghost, if we're not careful, that'll happen right here. And we'll miss the visitation of the God Almighty. Because we're so busy. We're so busy. We won't miss the visitation of God. But this whole thing's about coming. Every service is worshiping, magnifying, exalting Him. Touching and being touched by Him. As saints of God... We have both obligations. As saints of God, if you, you got the Holy Ghost here today and you claim to have the Holy Ghost, then you, you, you bear responsibility. Amen. 
to come in here to have a move of God. You bear responsibility, man, to come to that prayer room and pray and intercede. Get a hold of God for this service. Now watch, not just for yourself, but for the unbeliever that may be coming. Because they got one obligation when they come here. Amen. And that's to cry out to him and to know him. They don't have the responsibility of creating it. They don't know him. But you and I do. And so we have to reach that condition and that place and create the atmosphere of hope. <laughs> when they come in here, even on a Sunday morning like this, with all this going on, that, that unbeliever needs to walk in here and say, hey, these folks have got a hold of something. Amen. It's, it's not of this world. They got something out of this world. They got a light, amen, that's outside of this world. They got a kingdom, amen, and a power flowing in this house. Amen. It, it, you know, regardless of what's going on in the White House, doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in this house. Uh-huh. Amen. Regardless of, 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 of the pandemic and all the other things that's going on, there's a power that's going on in this house that can keep us and protect us and help us along this journey. Hallelujah. When everything else will fail. How many times did Israel get in trouble with trying to lean on Egypt's arm? Or trying to lean on and call on somebody else to come and fight their battles? When God himself had fought their battles and killed more than their enemy with hailstones falling out of heaven than they did with their own swords. How many times? He got them in trouble. That hadn't changed. Hadn't changed, hadn't changed today. There's some very basic things. If you and I just... Keep doing those things. And one of them is what's this. It's what this lesson's about. Vision. Cannot lose your vision. Can't lose your hope. A people has no vision, what happens to them? They perish. When you lose your hope in him and the coming of the Lord, could that have been the reason why it was so focused on? If you watch Jesus Christ himself, Paul and Peter and them, even the prophets... They likened the coming of the Lord and the nearness of the Lord as though it was going to happen in just a, in just a little bit. Huh. And that's true. Because you can take the six, seven thousand years, but compare that to eternity. How long is that? It's not very long, is it? Life's, man's life is like a vapor. I believe that's a twofold meaning. One, it could be here today and gone tomorrow. Two, some of us, the older we have become, realize just how fast has slipped by us. And that now we're in those, those ages that just a few years ago, you know, we thought, man, that's, that's 20 years from now. That's 40 years from now, man. That's, but all of a sudden that we're here, huh, where'd that time go? So, it's important and in this journey, as we watch this lesson here this morning unfold, we're going to talk about some of these visions. We're going to talk about, uh, and, and I'm going to get back to this third one. I want you to notice, I didn't, I didn't lose the right hand. How often does the scripture talks about who on the right hand? More often, scripture talks about Jesus Christ being on the right hand. Now, our lesson text talks about one being on the right hand of the priest to kinder. 
Watch this. You know why he was on the right hand? Because Satan has always wanted to take the place of Jesus Christ. And watch this. He wants to take this, his place in your life. He wants to do the talking to you. He wants to instruct you. He wants to tell you this and tell you that. He always wants to kinder what God has intended for you to have. And to become. And to be. And he's always there to kinder. So thank God that the Bible has taught us here and also in other places. But the Lord rebuke you. We're no match for the devil. I wouldn't say what we want to. Boy, I've been praying, Lord, help me. Because Paul said that we were not ignorant of his devices. Devices. What, what, is, what is he out to do? What, what do you do with devices? And snare and trap and. That's what device is all about. It's about luring. It's trapping. It's about getting you off a course. It's about getting you out of revival. It's getting you out of a revival state of mind and spirit and life. So this pandemic can do one or two things. It can either accomplish that. Or we can purpose in our own minds and hearts and spirits. You know what? I believe God you got a purpose in this too. And I believe I'm going to seek your purpose. And I believe right in the midst of this, we can have some of one of the greatest rivals we ever had. Which vision are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? <laughs> but we believe that God wants to give us a revival. As we watch some of this begin to unfold. We'll just go to the first chapter. And uh, the start with, uh, as the Lord, this really wasn't a vision, but it was a word that came to Zechariah right in the beginning. And he actually carries them back uh, to uh, the, the fathers, you go back and read that, the first eight verses, basically, first seven, I should say. And uh, he brings him back into the fathers and how the prophets came to them and where were they and where's your fathers, where's the prophets. And, and uh, he instructs him how that those prophets came and spoke to them and, and the Lord's dealt with them, amen, because, now watch this, because here's, here's the intent of God, but with not only then, not only even here, amen, he, he wants more than for us just to turn our feet toward him. He wants us to turn our hearts toward him. He doesn't want us just, just with our lips say that we love him. He wants us with our, our deeds, our actions to love him. All that's who and what we are to love him. That this thing is genuine. It's real. That's the reason I believe that we can worship God. It doesn't matter what song sung. When we come here to worship him, man, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to love him. <laughs> They can be in tune, out of tune, and all that. Of course, I'm not as musically inclined as some of you. And, and I know, you know, and I know we need to be skillful. And I know we need to make the best of it. And I understand all that. But I'll never let any of that excuse me not to worship. He deserves my worship and my praise regardless of whatever else is going on in my service, in my life, or any other area. He deserves it. He deserves every Hallelujah. Every thank you, Jesus. And so even in a song that's maybe not my favorite. Maybe it's old, but yet it's you. Or new, but yet old. Ever how you want to look at it. Okay? The key is Him. Worshiping Him. That's the reason you can't allow distractions. Watch this. We're all on a journey, right? Brother McCain done a good job. He, he taught us. He, he mentioned it often. The Holy Ghost is a journey. It's starting to have a journey, right? It's, it's, I'm on a journey. And, and, and 
when you get out in an automobile and you start home today, uh, are you going to text everybody? Most of us not. I ain't going to say all of us. Are we going to play with the radio? Are we going to pull out on the highway and turn around and start talking to everybody in the back seat? Are we going to drive down the road just looking? We're going to, we're going to drive, but we're going to drive through the side glasses. We're not going to do that, are we? For our sake as well as for others that's in the automobile with us. I've got to make this journey not just for me. I got some children and grandchildren. I got some loved ones. I got some friends in this community. For their sake, sometimes I got to finish the course. I got to fight the battles. I got to hold on. But I can't do it constantly being distracted. And boy, we live in a world today that we can become distracted. There's a lot out there to distract us. There really is. I'm not denying that. I'm not telling you this morning that, hey, this is just a, you know, easy in the pie deal. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, you're going to have to focus. You have to work on that. Anybody ever had to work on, you know, you got to get notes and stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, after you're running over, you go, about four or five times, you go, I better straighten up, pay attention. Well, I almost hit them. Reality sets in. I better pay attention and start driving. Quit playing with the phone. Quit playing with this and quit playing with that. Before I get killed or get somebody killed. Okay? So we see that, that that's the reason we got two prophets that's working together. Even though they're, 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 they were distant. Hey, I, I thought that was so well put. I hope I can, um, I don't remember where it's at. Uh, he talked about the two different characters of the prophets. Almost like two opposites. Read the lesson. Do you remember that portion? The writer talks about that. But how that God used both of them to bring in and to bring about. Man, you know, the same way with the ministry here, individuals of ministry, they're not all alike. They're not all alike. All the singing and short players and, and, and all the other. But if we're not careful, we just begin to pick. Hey, this is a problem now. Because watch this. Paul comes along and has to address it because <laughs> he said, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of you. Some of you want to follow Peter. Some of you want to follow uh, this one. Some of you want to follow me. And some of you say, well, I want to do what Jesus said. I had a guy tell me that one time. You know, when he asked me about how to be baptized. And I, I taught him. I said, hey, this is how. He said, well, I'm going to do what Jesus said. I said, okay, then you're going to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Huh? He said, yeah. I said, what is the name? If you're going to do what he said, he said to be baptized. They've done what he said. You can't just repeat what he said. You've got to do it. See what I'm saying? But he took what Jesus said. I'm just going to do what Jesus said. Well, he didn't. He just repeated what he said. If you're going to do what he said, then you're going to do what Paul and Peter and the rest of them done. There's a difference. And so, and so, as you watch some of this, that's, that's what these visions and everything's about. Let me, I know if I'm around time here for a moment. Okay, I saw by night. Apparently, all of these visions came in one night. You notice several times, in case I don't get to all of them, uh, he talks about how he would turn, like turning over in the bed, possibly, and then boom. Or there he was awakened, like later on in the night, he was awakened and 
and receive these visions. Why? Because God's people need it. In the moment, the time, the season that they were facing and where they allowed them, their spiritual condition had arrived and got at this point in time. The foundation had been laid. But now they needed a stirring. They needed a stirring. Hey, come on. You got to finish this work. You got to get back focused on it. And watch this. When the people have a mind to work, when people get a mind to work, amen, things can get done, things can happen. So the, the beginning of the first one talks about, I saw by night, behold, a man riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom behind him where there are red horses speckled and white. Then said I, oh, my Lord, what are these? Now notice what's happening here in these visitations or visions. There takes an angel. There is a, and the writer talks about it, a pattern that's set up uh, of the revelation, the insight of what's unfolding. What's taking place. And so we get a, a real good pattern. Amen. Of, and so basically the same pattern is followed here with each and every one of these. And so the angel talked with me and said unto me, I will show thee what these me be. And the man that stood among the myrtle trees answered and said. And so in this vision, the one that was in the myrtle that began to speak to him, began to be a part of Amen. And to respond unto him. These are they whom the Lord had sent to walk to and fo through the earth. The spirits, and just in case I don't get there, and I might mention, I will mention this spirit, this particular verse again tonight. But this is the same writer, the same prophet that likens unto us and helps us understand what? That there's seven spirits of the Elohim. These seven spirits is how God converse and operates through, through the earth. It's in there. No, he's one God. One spirit. But this is how he works. Where Jesus came without measure, you and I have measure. That's the reason even the gifts and the operation of the church, no one's, a, no one's an, even the pastor, no one is an island. No one's by himself. God works through all of these gifts. I'd love to tell you they're always, you know, they're perfect. They do just right. The, they, the gifts are, it's the, the ones that's bearing the gifts. <laughs> it's the vessel. That's the reason we mess up. So we would come up short sometimes. So we don't, you know, I mean, come on. We got to, we, earthen vessel. Earthen vessels don't always get it right. Don't always handle it right. You know, uh, anyway. <laughs> Goes on, he talks about it. He said, they answered the angel of the Lord and stood among the myrtle trees and said, we have walked to and fro through the earth and behold, all the earth stood still and is at rest. Again, a liken of this is one toward the last one of the sixth chapter, I believe it was. Amen. It talks about chariots. I'm talking about the poor chariots. It goes out. The horses, it's among that. And the spirits are sent out to accomplish and achieve things. It talks about the north. So we understand these are means and methods and ways that God used to deal with the earth. To fulfill his will. To fulfill his purpose. Amen. Upon this earth, God's got a purpose. God's got a desire. Now, there is a devil. There is a prince of the air. We lost that with a fall of man. We handed over to the devil some authorities and powers. Amen. Through, through the, the disobedience of Adam. Amen. And so therefore that's the reason we got to contend for this. That's the reason the Jew talks about. Contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. There's some things that we got to contend for. There's some things we got to hold to. You know a lot of this stuff even in the political realms. A lot of our, our, our the reason we believe what we believe and make the stand we're making is from a biblical purpose and a biblical standpoint because we understand if you begin to allow certain things amen to come into your nation it will cause God to turn his face upon our nation and cause it to become a curse and, and pour out his wrath upon us and so that's the reason we make the stand amen and try to prevent certain things to happen amen because of, from a spiritual standpoint we know where our blessings come from we understand that we didn't get here by ourselves and we understand he wasn't just great men and I'm not taking the honor from them 
them. Don't take that wrong. But at the same time, amen, even they will tell you, hey, I, I didn't come up with this all by myself. You know, James makes it plain to us. Good, the gifts, what comes from above. We're gifted and talented, amen, by God to do the things of God and to fulfill those things as we give ourselves and apply ourselves and humble ourselves and as we are elected and called of God, how this works together. That's the reason we can't take the credit. Hallelujah. All the credit belongs to none other but Jesus. All the glory belongs to That's the reason this same writer talks about God being what? A jealous God. Now we know the scripture talks about jealousy and what a screw is a grave. And jealousy can be a very harsh taskmaster. The wrong type of jealousy. But the jealousy here was a, a zealous jealous. Amen. He loved them so much. He cared for them. Hallelujah. And he would correct them and, and try. And you're going to see some of this. And, and, and anyway, my goodness. It's so much I'm going to try to just cover here. But anyway, the angel Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem, on the city of Judah? Notice what's happening here. After the seven years, he sent them there. They're coming back. Now the, the writer, he's helping us understand the mercy, the mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Hallelujah. As an individual, as a community, you know, there's some things. Now watch this. Uh, you know, we talk about Mississippi and a lot of people, a lot of, you know, we're supposedly so far on the totem poles in a lot of areas. But you know what? There is some benefits to that. You're going to see that in the next few few years. There's going to be some things that's really going to affect some of these other, other states. It won't affect Mississippi as much. Now you, you take it what it's worth, but uh, amen. It just it won't it won't have the same ripple effect. Amen. I'm not saying it won't affect us at all, but it won't have the same ripple effect upon us because we don't depend on that. We're not functioning off of that. People, amen, there's functioning off of certain things, amen, and certain programs. Hey, they're depending on that. And when you shut that down, that shuts them down. But praise God, we're, we're not. Hallelujah. Uh, we're more down, you know, the common work, whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm not a politician and I don't, I'm not, anyway, I'm just telling you, there is a difference. And so, you know, sometimes it really is a benefit and a blessing, hallelujah, that not to be in certain areas and things of that nature. And so, as we watch some of this here, as it begins to really unfold. So the angel communed with me and said unto me, cry thou, saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great jealousy. I am very sore displeased. In other words, he simply was very angry, amen, with the heathens that are at ease. You know, here the heathens are, they're at ease and comfort, you know, sitting back you know my city amen I, I, I'm a jealous for this city I put my name on it I'm claiming this city I'm claiming Zion I'm going to claim the land I mean it's going to be marked out it's going to be you know it, it's going to be dealt with and so thus saith the Lord host jealousy and said I am very sore displeased the heathens in the case for I was but a little displeased and they helped forward the affliction catch that God will sometimes use the devil to accomplish things, but the devil always takes more than he was supposed to. That's what he said right there. I wanted them to bring afflictions and, and chastise my people, but not to the extremes they went. Not to the punishments they took on their own and done. That's what he's telling them. And you know what? They're going to pay. They're not going to get by. That's what the scripture taught us. Vengeance belongs to God. Nobody's getting by with nothing. Don't get over it. I mean, just, some things you need just, I'd get over it. Please understand what I'm saying there. There's some things, time, and God is going to work it all out. Some of it may be the end of time. You know, 
certain people got away with maybe murder and things of this nature because they had money and influence and all that up on this earth. But if they hadn't repented and got it right with God, you know what? They, they're not going to get by. Vengeance is God. And except he repent, you're going to perish. And so they got to repent for it. They got to confess. They got to confess. They might not ever done it to a court and upon this earth. But if they plan on going to heaven, they're going to have to confess it. And without confessing it, you can't get forgiveness. Except he confess. You, you got to admit. Hey, I was wrong. I, I, I done wrong. That's where David. David did it. He had to confess. Until God said, it's God sinned against you. But all I allowed to take place was in my hands and my power. And so, this, this, one of the first visions. And so, as he's putting these things and letting them know that, hey, I, I love you. I, I care for you. And, and I'm going to show you mercy and, and things of that nature. And I'm going to say, therefore, thus saith the Lord. I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it. Now, to hear that, here you are. You've been looking at nothing but a foundation for 20 years. And all of a sudden you hear the voice of the man of God, the prophet saying, but I'm going to build my house. My house is going to be built. I believe God's going to have revival somewhere, somehow, with somebody. And those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, even in these times, can obtain it. That's the reason the Bible, that's the reason God can pull people out of, out of places, both geographically or, or families or, or places you're thinking. Ain't no way they can be saved. There ain't no way they don't have a chance. Anybody ever said that about a child? They don't have a chance. Sure they do. There is a God. There is a Savior. That meant that something all of a sudden comes to their minds and heart. That there is a God and there is a Savior. And they begin to cry out to Him. Even out of some of the most hopeless and unbelievable states and places. Amen. God can reach out there and get a hold of them and pull them out. So if he can do that, same thing for us. Hey, this nation still, if she would humble herself, she would repent. She'd wake up and realize, hey, hey, we're doing some, we, we, we're doing some awful things. We're doing some horrible things. And, and that's what's got a lot of us worried now with, with just how far we're going to go now. How loyal is he going to be to... <laughs> See, we're trying to balance between two extremes. right some of the string to this way they hate everything it's not who they are and what they are and their color string extremes this way so we're trying to but our kingdom's not of this world if our kingdoms of this world we'd fight if my kingdom was this world I'd call 12 legions and angels and it wouldn't be a battle it'd just be a slaughter This earth is going to pass away. This earth is not going to exist. When God gets through, they won't be just a few wonders and a few whatever. They won't be none of it standing. And everything that it stood for or didn't stand for, which the second statement is more important than the first one. Because now this nation shifted into a place where it's not standing for. For some morals and godliness and upright, that's even in stone and inscribed on the walls. 
of our place, what we call a government and authority. <laughs> but thank God, judgment starts where? House of God. This trumps that. The house of God. The word of God. And the kingdom of God. We have to be more loyal to this than to that. Including the Constitution. I know that patriarch in this wants to rise up and say, ah. no, I'm not fixing to burn a flag. I'm not fixing. Somebody told me something about somebody done. This has been years ago. And uh, anyway, I'll just tell you this much. They, they, they had money. So they bought a certain land and that certain piece of property, there was about 30 graves. They just went under a bulldog and just pushed them off into the ocean. I said, there ain't no way under the sun would I have done that. I don't care whose graves they were. But sometimes people would, and I hate to say with money, I'm just saying, sometimes people get the spirit in the attic because some people don't have no money, and they still do that. <laughs> I mean, they don't respect people's property, they don't respect people, they don't respect. That's a spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And always not money is what brings that. Okay? Well, did I clear that up a little bit? I hope so. No respect. Okay. Nothing else out of respect. I'd have never, that building, I'd have never entered. I sure wouldn't have been. I'm not going to bust your windows out. Let's muster capitals. If I do, I'll say about trying to get it fixed. I was mowing your grass or doing something. Uh, yeah. Shooting a buck deer. Nah. <laughs> Just kidding about that one. But, uh, but, but. But that's where we're at. But watch this. God, God's going to get them back. He's letting them know my house is going to be built. <laughs> it's going to be built. And so that's what the prophet's letting them to know. The next thing, if you drop, uh, I could have went to the sixth chapter, but, but I won't. Let me, let me just drop on down to, amen, the, about the 18th verse. Then lifted up my eyes and saw, behold, Four horns. He begins to talk about some horns. Horns always represents government, authority, or power. Okay? Possibly even kingdoms. Also, it could be spirits. Okay? That's, that's what they, they... Our Lord referred to it as a horn of place. And Revelation talks about kingdoms and nations. and coming. So, so watch what happens here. He said, I saw, behold, four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me. What be these? And he answered, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. They have scattered. They called division. Those, those spirits have not died and fell off the scene. What's this? That Babylonian spirit hasn't either. Revelation talks about oh, the city of Babylon. The spirit, a man, that's the spirit of iniquity and the, the imps and demonic forces. And, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. Some of the struggles that we have today is some having to encounter with some of that because they strive. And, and, and the more liberal or more ungodly and, and out, of, out, of, out of in sequence with the word of God, we become the more powerful they become. Okay? The rulers of darkness. Spiritual wickedness in high places. <laughs> Praise God. So watch what happens. These horns, four of them, 
was used to scatter Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, what come these to do? And he spake, saying, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. I mentioned that starting at the service. Man, when you become depressed or when you become, especially the enemy can isolate you for whatever reason to, to cause you to bail out, cause you to, they couldn't even lift up his head. But these are come to fray them to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. Fray actually means, when you look at that, that means a, a fabric or a rope that becomes uh, fray. Becomes, you ever seen it starts breaking? It's, if it's many pieces, it starts, uh, uh, especially if you ever worked in, in like rigging or something, cable. Uh, rope's not so bad, but if you get a cable and if it starts fraying a little bit and them little wires start sticking out, you'll find them. They'll poke holes in your hands, even with leather gloves on. Okay, and, but fray actually means it's losing its power. It's losing its strength. And so we understand this is how the enemy works. He constantly bombards our minds, our hearts. That's the reason the New Testament talks about renewing of the mind. We, we, we don't have the benefit, amen, even though God can heal us and bless our physical body, amen. And, and we see even the Old Testament where he's done that for certain ones. But we have the promise of what? The renewing of the mind. You ever get weary of the fight? You ever just get tired with the struggle? You ever get tired of baby tailing that little one? Nah, no, don't. It's the same way here. That enemy's constantly bombarding. He's constantly looking for an avenue. He's constantly looking for a weak moment or a weak time. He's looking for a way to pull you down. Carpenters, craftsmen, skillful. I could take you all the way back to the garden. Beguiled. Tricked. That's how the enemy still works. Camouflages himself. He, he weaves his way in. So, then it carries you to the second chapter. And um, I lifted up my eyes again and looked and behold a man with a measuring line in his hand. Watch this. All this is happening one night. It's a Zechariah, buddy. Man, this thing is, regardless of the condition and, and, and the walls and all that's going on. You, you listen to what he says here. Then said I... Whither goest thou? And he said unto me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof, and what is the length thereof. Behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him, and said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be what? Shall be inhabited as towns without walls for multitude of men and cattle therein. Hear what he's saying there. He said, Buddy, it's coming back. This city, amen. You, you see the size of it here. It's, it's only, and I'm just using some numbers here, so don't, don't try to use that. Uh, it's only two miles wide. But now we fish and go out and measure it. It's going to become 20 miles wide. <laughs> and it's going to be filled up with a multitude of men and cattle that they won't even have walls. They won't have time to put walls around it because they're going to increase and they're going to multiply and they're going to grow. So that's what the prophets tell them in this vision. That's the reason it's so important for you to be able to stand in the hour now. You've got to look beyond that with a vision. 
It's the reason scripture taught us that if we lose our vision, we'll perish. You can't lose your vision of the coming of the Lord. We're warned in the scriptures that they're going to tell us where's he at. All this time and all this record keeping, we have seen nothing. We don't see. That's the reason it's important to have revival. It's the reason it's so important to have God's power, amen, to manifest itself and declare its authority and power in our own personal lives. And when we join and come here together and seeing the miraculous hand of God and the will of the Father being done, even Jesus Christ wouldn't take the credit for it. He says, these are not my words. These are not my words. They're my Father's. And so likewise with us, it's not us. The glory is not pinned upon on us it's pinned upon him through him and by him amen that we accomplish and achieve things why because we must have revival we must be revived we must amen in the time and the hour and the season and the, the, the later we get in the years more important it is to be focused on what the coming of the Lord and not maybe so much on the focus of his coming but knowing that we're going to go to meet him amen to stand before God amen you know to, to be ready to, to meet God I read in the scripture in this last few days hallelujah and the question was are you ready to meet God are you ready to meet him it's a very important question and it's going to happen it's going to happen to everybody it's under the sound of my voice here this morning it's going to happen to everybody nobody's exempt we're going to have to meet him we're going to have to give an account for the deeds and the actions that's done in these vessels in the time and the journey of living for God. And so this is why it's so important that, that the man of God, amen, as he uses this as a measuring. Hallelujah. Notice what he says about the walls. Amen. When he talks about how the towns and the walls, and he talks about multitude of men and counting. He says, For I say of the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be glory in the midst of her. I'm going to be her wall of protection. Hallelujah. I'm going to be in the midst of her. It's going to be, I'm going to set her on fire, buddy. She's going to be alive and she's going to prosper. I'm going to pull them from the four winds, north, east, south. Yes, I'm the one that scattered them. I'm the one that put it in motion. But, but I, didn't, I wasn't the one that drove it so far out there. Hmm. I wasn't the one that was so cruel. It was just others that took it on their own to be cruel. The Chaldeans were sure, sure enough. If you read and study on them, they were very cruel and heartless. He goes from that one. He begins to talk about Babylon. He says, ho, ho. That means, you know, behold, hey, look up. Come forth and flee from what? The land of the north. This is Babylon. And there's a call being made. Because there was only a remnant had come at this time and this moment. But that wasn't the intent of God. The intent of God was, amen, make a call for all of them to come. Make all of them, all of them coming back to Jerusalem. All of them coming back. This is my city. Amen. This is my grounds. This is my, I gave it to Abraham. I made a covenant promise. And you know what? He's going to fulfill that covenant promise. Amen. With Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And in the end of time, he's going to fulfill every bit of that. Amen. That land's going back and all of that's going to unfold and all that's going to really take place. So we see here a call. That, but notice the seventh verse here. I'd really love for you to look at that. Zechariah 2 and 7. Watch this one. Deliver thyself. And some things, you know, you and I got to hear the word of God and come out of a mess ourselves. Deliver yourself. Don't have the love for the houses you built and the vineyards you've been enjoying the last 70 years. Leave, forsake Babylon. Because there's going to come a day when you're not going to like that so much. 
going to come a day, amen, your blessings are going to become a curse because you weren't willing, amen, to forsake that. You've got to forsake yourself and the world if you're going to live for God. I'm sorry to tell you, but you can't have it like Burger King. You can't have it your way and have it his way. It's just not going to happen. Well, it's going over good, ain't it? Praise God. But there was a call made in this, this vision. It's deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwellest with the daughter of Babylon. You better come out of them denominations that's not preaching the fullness of the gospel. You better come out of them places, amen, that don't have a true revelation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's doing more than just repeating the words of Jesus Christ. We're doing the words of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we don't say that as statements of judgment and harsh or nothing. It's, it's the book. It's in the word of God. And eternity is weighing on it. Your soul, my soul is weighing out of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Drop down to the next from the 10th verse. He begins to tell him. He said, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For lo, I come and will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day. I believe he's really talking about the millennium here. It could even be the New Testament. But, but, but really, it's coming to Jerusalem. Coming. There's going to come a time in the millennium. They're actually going to come. They're going to come and come and, 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 and take part and be a part. He said, I'm going to have the Lord inherit uh, uh, the Judah. He talks about that. I don't think it's a particular one. But anyway, there is another place that he talked about it. And he talks about how, how, how that the world, the nations around the nation of Israel and Jerusalem at that time, they're going to notice that ten men is going to connect themselves to one Jew. To come to Jerusalem, to come to Israel. Because they're going to recognize the favor of God that's upon them. So they're going to be ten Gentiles that's going to come join and connect with them to come. He Prophesied about that. All of this. Amen. Uh, okay, now let's get to the third one. And I know my time's up. But, but watch this. Let's get to this third chapter. They showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. I didn't make mention of that. I'm telling you, Satan wants to stand at your right hand. He's constantly wanting to accuse you. He's constantly wanting to be the voice in your life. He's, he wants to take out the voice of God. He wants to take out the voice, amen, of the word of God. He wants to take out the voice of the fivefold ministry. He wants to counsel every bit of that. Hallelujah. But you know what? The Lord rebukes him. And that's not all. Watch what he does, amen. For the man of God here. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Each one of us, amen, when we come to Jesus Christ and we humbled and gave ourselves unto him, we become a brand, amen, plucked out of the fire. Hallelujah. The eternal fire, if you please. Hallelujah. But thank God that we've been plucked out. What brought us out? It was the word of God, amen, that delivered us. It was his spirit that drawn us. It's his word, amen. We're begotten by the word of God. And so likewise, 
hear a man. Those is coming out. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angels of the angel. And you're going to see here with those filthy garments. And we've all been there. We've all been a part of that. He answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thee an iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of garments. I said, Let them set a fair miter upon his head, and set the fair miter upon his head, and clothe him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If I will walk in my ways, if I will keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt keep my courts. I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Right here in the midst of all the, all the resistance, all the Tobias, and all those things. You know what's going to happen? Hallelujah. I'm going to bring back under the second year of Darius, the king that's over you now. Even those that's been a lapse of several years. Amen. And the first king and that was hid in the chamber. If you go back, and I don't have time, I won't do it this morning. Ezra, the sixth chapter, you're going to read where there was a search made, and they find the law where Ezra had wrote about a temple had to be built, and was going to be built. And so this king pulls this back out, and puts it back into motion, puts it back into action. Hallelujah. Even, amen, whenever some had come up with rules and said it couldn't be changed. I'm going to tell you something. Where man said you can't be changed, God says you can. Where the devil says you can't be changed or cleaned up, I'll tell you, God says you can. Hallelujah. When the word of God, there's hope in the word of God. There's hope in vision. When you get a vision from God, when you get a vision from the word of God, I'll tell you what, that puts hope and energy and life in us where nothing else will. That'll pick you up for no type of medicine, no type of drugs, no type of alcohol, everything the world's got to offer. Hallelujah. When the world's failed you, I'm going to tell you what, the church and God Almighty will not fail you. But you and I got to be a people that's got a vision that this God can do anything. Nothing's too hard for him to do. Hallelujah. Nothing's too far out there. Nothing's too far past. I don't think so. He's still in the business, amen, of giving revivals. He's still in the business of saving souls. He's still in the business of killing bodies. He's still in the business of bringing peace and mending and bringing us back together. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's going to do it. He that hungers and thirsts shall be filled. Amen. You can stand. I know my times. I'm going to jump to the 8th chapter though. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. It shall come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities. Here's where we was at. I was talking about a while ago. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another. Saying let us go speedily to pray before the Lord. And to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. It's almost like he's getting 90 from one city to the next. Make it our way to Israel. Making our way to the Lord. Making our way to the city of Jerusalem. Yea, many people in strong nations shall come and seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all the languages of the nations. Even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew. Saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That is the answer to revival. (coughs) 
They say, watch the favor and the blessings of God in our lives. All of a sudden, they're going to say, you know what? I want to go where you're going. I see something in you that I hadn't seen any other place. I feel something. I see blessings. And I'm not talking about just monetary blessings. I'm talking about being able to live in a world that's so chaotic and so full of hatred and bitterness. But yet it hadn't affected us. Even though we've been thrown into the fire like the three Hebrews. We're going to come out without smelling like smoke. We're going to come out without being singed and scarred. And He's preaching to us. This world, the events and the spirits of this world can scar us. Mess us up. But you know what? There's a lot of, how many of you believe there's a lot of messed up lives out there? Especially through alcohol and drugs, demonic forces and powers. Families are being torn apart. Devil's doing his best, even if this world of the church. But God said, I'll be your wall. I'll be that wall of fire that'll protect you. If he can protect Job, he can protect us. He can take our little and make much out of it. And that's, he's not just limited to monetary and material things. But if we really just give it to him, can take the hurts, the pains, the shortcomings, everything you want to talk about. Because I'm going to go right back to Zerubbabel. Hey, God called him the governor. Zechariah told him, he said, but not by power. In other words, your position, your place, your place of authority, not by that. Or by your might. Your skills and talents and to, to do whatever. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. His spirit is what will draw them to want to follow us. Because without his spirit drawing them, they can come. But we let his spirit, the measure that we have, operate through us. It'll draw them. It'll pull them. That's the reason it's so important how... What kind of conversation? How you conduct yourself? How you handled yourself out there as a witness for Jesus Christ? Because this is what will give us the strength and ability to go out in the highways and the byways and compel them to come. It's not so much us physically compelling them as the Spirit of God that's in us and flows through us that compels, that pulls. That puts hope and faith in them saying, you know what? He's got the answer to get me out of my mess. And again, it's not about us. It's not even really about this local assembly. It's a lot bigger than that. It's about him. And the power, according to the power that worketh in us. So what power is working in us? Thank God for vision. 
that can create that power. <laughs> that can work together. And bring about what God. Hmm? Let's get the heartbeat of God. Let's get the vision of God. That's more important than everything else that we enjoy and participate in and get involved in in this earth. His kingdom. His work. Love you this morning. Appreciate you very much. We really do. God's working for us. Let me finish up with the last verse that this lesson talked about in Romans 13 and 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let's be the light. Love you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.